Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. I'm Pat Miller, founder of the Idea Collective and your host of the show. And by the looks of you, seeing how you're devilishly handsome and so finely dressed, you must be a small business owner. And I'm glad that you joined us today. On our show, we're going to talk about the importance of sleep. Yes, this isn't one of those hustle and grind kind of small business shows. We're talking about the person that runs the business and how do you optimize yourself so you can win. Hallie Brooke is going to be with us in about 10 minutes to talk about the importance of sleep and your productivity. We're also going to solve a problem for you if you're making sales pitches and the people you're selling to are coming back saying, yeah, it's too expensive. If they come back and say it's too expensive, You're not selling on value, you're selling on price. Michael Rampola will join us and we'll talk about how to get the yes and the price you want by selling on value. Then we're going to talk about getting ready for vacation. Because if you can, I really want you to take a week off at the end of December. Really would love it. The rest of the world shuts down. You should as well. I will give you four things to think about as you get ready for your holiday break. But we'll start here. I just got done hosting the Idea Collective Small Business Conference for 2023. Now, the Idea Collective Small Business Community, it is the online community connecting small business owners from everywhere. And we give each other the support and resources we need to succeed. It's awesome if you haven't checked it out smallbusinesscommunity.com. But once a year, I get everybody together in person. And just after the event, I sat down and thought, okay, here are six things I learned from hosting this year's conference. So if you ever bring people together, you'll want to hear this. The first thing that I was reminded of is how important it is to focus on the interpersonal connection of the people in the room. Especially if you are a chamber of commerce, a BNI group, or a group that has met before. The reason why connection is so important is that in the room, most likely, will be a bunch of people that know each other, and then a small group of people that don't. That small group of people will feel like complete outsiders, and they will feel like you don't want them there unless. You purposely and emphatically include them constantly. I'm talking matching them up with other members, forced networking interactions, 
anything you can do to let people who aren't in your group feel like they are in your group, most important thing to get an event off on the right foot. The second thing that I remembered from hosting this year's event is that programming the event, meaning the content that's presented to everybody, it's got to be kind of like a story. You got to vary the topics. Even if you're a topic like the American Marketing Association, you can't always only talk about marketing. You have to have a different variety of topics that maybe marketing people would want to know about. So maybe health and fitness is one of the breakouts or mindset is one of the breakouts or personal finances, still appropriate to a marketer, but you got to vary the content. If you're only going to be about one piece of content, you're going to bore people and they won't be as engaged. The other thing about content is you got to vary the delivery. If it's always a keynote or it's always a workshop, it'll get old quick. Those are the first two things. The third thing is about the tone and the tenor of the content that you present. When you bring people together, if your group is just fun-loving all the time, that won't drive engagement as much as you'd like. You want to program all of the content in front of the group to have kind of like a roller coaster of emotions. This particular session might be fun-loving. This particular session might be deadly serious, and everything in between. You want to vary the topics, vary the presentation styles, and vary the emotions as much as possible. Because the number one thing you want from people at your event is you want them engaged. And you want them to still be guessing. If they think they know what's coming next, they're not going to listen as much as you'd like them to. So varying the topics, varying the styles, and mixing up the emotions, super important. We're talking about the six things you need to be aware of if you're going to have a great event for a group of people. Here's the number four thing. Rest. This is the hardest thing for me to get my head around. Every single year, my team says to me, Pat, there's too much here. You got to give people a break. And as the event organizer, I'm like, no, we need to have a speaker at lunch and we need to have a workshop on the side and we need to do all these things. Because in my head, I'm thinking, I want to give them value. I want them to feel like they're getting a ton of stuff. I want them to be overwhelmed with choice. And what I forget every year is that unstructured time is good for a community and for folks at an event. Because during that unstructured time, they get the chance to talk with one another. And they get the chance to build those relationships or ask the speaker a question or simply sit down and check their email. You gotta give them time. You gotta let it breathe. And I'm just the worst at that. I'm the worst. The Idea Collective Small Business Conference is just one great thing after another, and I always have to remember, give them more time. The number five thing of six items you need to remember when you're planning your event, you got to keep them fed. And this is tough. When you're the event planner, most likely 
the number one or certainly number two most expensive thing about throwing an event will be the food. You may pay a ton for the keynote speaker, but the food is never cheap. And when you're building your profit and loss statement for the event, it can be pretty attractive to not roll out a big old food buffet. But don't skimp and keep them fed. Because when you keep them fed, you'll keep them in the ballroom. And when you pay a million dollars for a gallon of coffee, you'll keep them caffeinated and you'll keep them engaged. Something really does happen at two in the afternoon where people do need a snack. They do need a cup of coffee. Don't skimp. Keep them fed. That will keep them engaged. And here's the sixth thing of the six things that I was reminded of by planning this year's conference. Community over keynotes. Community over keynotes. Community, that's the group of the people that are in the room. Keynotes, those are the talents that you put on stage. Event planners like me spend a ton of time and a ton of money to put a big product up on the stage. And we think if we put a name you've heard of on stage, then you're going to come to the event. And that might be true, but you're going to come back to the event if the community is there and if you make real relationships and connect with people. Get great people on the stage. You got to do that. But you have to give them food and you have to give them time and you have to make them feel like they're not outsiders when they get in the room if you want them to have that amazing experience that makes them wanting to come back for more. It's easy to program an event that looks great on paper. It's hard to host an event that people want to come back to. And the magic of the whole thing are the people that choose to come. Make it look great, get great talent, but never, ever, ever forget. It's the people that buy a ticket and the people that show up. Those are the people that you're trying to impress. And hopefully these six things will help you host a great event in the near future. Let's talk about sleep. Hallie Brook can connect sleep to better business performance. It's true. We'll talk with Hallie coming up next on this edition of the Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, and friendly team you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com. 
Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation, where we have one goal to help you build a bigger and more fulfilling business. So we bring on smart people to teach us things, and we're bringing back one of our favorite guests because she has another way that you can make more money by taking care of you. So welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. Hallie Brooke, founder and CEO of Live Nourished Coaching. Hallie, great to talk with you again. How are you today? (laughs) Pat's always a joy to be on with you. I'm great, except that I'm a little sleepy because ironically, we're talking about how sleep will optimize your business performance. And I didn't sleep great last night because we had the epic thunderstorm of the century and my dog was freaking out all night long. So, you know, real life. Yeah, real life that actually fits into what we're talking about because you may feel what it's like if you don't get enough sleep as an entrepreneur. So we want to help people make more money by being a better business operator. Sleep plays a big role in that. Tell us about it. Yeah, so we all know that sleep is so crucially important. Without good sleep, our brains are not able to function properly. So without good sleep, we can't maintain the pathways in our brain that let us learn and create new ideas and create memories. And it's also harder to respond quickly and to concentrate, which obviously when we're running a business are all super crucial things to be able to create, to be able to concentrate, to be able to respond quickly. And if we're tired, we cannot do those things which means we are going to struggle more to run our business, which means we're going to be less profitable. I would imagine you know this data, but if you don't get enough sleep, how much does it inhibit your performance? What kind of growth can we see if we start to take care of our sleep? Significant growth. So with just three nights in a row of inadequate sleep and different people need different things, the range is anywhere from six to 10 hours of sleep. Your body is different. I'm a nine and a halfer, which is like, maddening to me. I would love to be a five-hour sleeper. Like if I could sleep (laughs) for five hours and wake up and be great, it would be awesome. I'm a nine and a half hour sleeper. Um, But the thing is, when I get, when I don't get that nine and a half hours, I feel myself decline. So for every 10% of whatever your body's needs are that you lose, so 10% of your sleep, you lose 30% of your retention and brain function which is pretty wild. Yeah. That's a lot. And our brains are so massively powerful that we don't really feel a 30% drop that much. Like, like we're not struggling. You know, if you're a new mom, you know, you've lost significant hours of sleep. And so you're at, you know, 10% of your brain function and you feel that. But we don't feel those drops quite as significantly because we have such a giant brain that is functioning so heavily um, or so highly. But we are losing the ability to make quick decisions. We are losing the ability to concentrate. We are losing the ability to respond. And we're losing the ability to process our memories, process our thoughts. And this is why I love having you on the show. If you don't get enough sleep, you lose 30% of what you could be doing, which is just brilliant. So now that we know the problem, let's talk about the solution. So Mm -hmm. how do we go about having a great sleep schedule and practice so we can be running at our optimum levels as we build? Yeah. So a huge part of it is having a solid evening wind down routine. Um, you know, not the the common things that you always hear about, not having blue light screens, making sure that you have a wind down routine, having your bedroom be dark at night. Like those are kind of the common things, but I like to put the why behind it. So why are you doing that? Why are you getting off your phone two hours before bed? Because as business owners, it's really easy to check our email or do that one other thing. Well, why are you doing this? When we sleep, our brain processes thoughts from the day 
stores them as memory and helps build new neurons. And as business owners, we are always creating new thoughts, creating new ideas, et cetera. And so when we just run all day long and then crash into bed, what happens is our brains spin. So we then spend two to three hours in bed wide awake with all of our thoughts racing through our brain. And the thing is that might feel productive, but you are not allowing your brain to take those thoughts and process them and turn them into something that you can actually do something with. What's happening is you're just consciously thinking of them. And then as soon as you do fall asleep, a lot of entrepreneurs can probably think about this, those thoughts are gone. And they wake up in the morning and they go, oh, shoot, I had a brilliant thought last night and now it's gone. (laughs) And it's because your brain didn't have any time to process that. So if you spend that time, if you actually set aside that time to wind down, to get rid of that blue light, to have a piece of paper by your bed to write down all your thoughts, then while you sleep for your six to nine and a half hours, your brain can process those. And when you wake up in the morning, you're ready to do something with those thoughts instead of just absolutely wasting that time. So we're talking with Hallie Brook, the CEO and founder of Live Nourish Coaching, about making you a better business owner by allowing you to sleep the way that you should. So whenever she comes on, we're talking about how we can be a better operator. So as we talk about sleep, how do we set our wake time? Is there mm-hmm. research or information about people that say you should get up at four, five, six, seven, or should it be when you naturally wake up if you have the luxury to choose? Yeah. So here's here's how I answer that question, which is probably a little bit different. Most of us could probably tell you how many hours of sleep we need to function optimally. We know if I, like, I sleep nine and a half hours, I feel great. I sleep seven, I feel like trash. And so what I do is I know I know what my next day is is looking like. And so I back time that. But instead of setting an alarm, I actually set a timer. So I know that nine and a half hours is what I need. And I will set a timer for nine and a half hours. And when that timer goes off, I'm usually waking up a couple minutes before that timer naturally. And I feel fantastic. If I set an alarm for earlier than that, like if I set an alarm for eight hours, I will wake up with my alarm and it'll take me 15 minutes to like pry my eyes open and figure (laughs) out where I'm at. I'm not a morning person. Some people are. Um, But you know, there's all the like, you know, effective habits of highly effective people get up at 5 a.m. and work out and do all these things. Those are great things, but sleep is actually the most important one. So if you're going to get up at 5 a.m., you need to back time that timer so that you are getting the amount of sleep that your body needs. Um, so that you can be an optimal performer. If you're the business, you need to perform optimally. And I think it's part of this conversation, even though it doesn't have something to do with sleep, how do you start your day or how do you recommend your clients start their day so they get all the sleep they need and then they do what they should in the morning to make sure that they really are ready when they dive into their business? Yeah. So a a piece of that is, are you a morning person or are you a night person? And knowing that about yourself, especially as business owners, and entrepreneurs, we very likely have the luxury to design our own schedule. If you're working for a boss, you probably don't. But if you're a business owner, you do. And so for me, I know that I function better in the afternoon and evening than I do in the morning. I would love to be a morning person. I am just not. So my workday starts at 10. That's when I'm in my office. I'm usually getting up around eight, which is like super late for some people, but that's what I need in order to function normally. I can get up before that, but I'm not productive and I'm not focused. So I get up at eight. I do five minutes of movement. I get out in the sunshine um, and get some sunshine in my eyes to help me wake myself up. I drink water with electrolytes. I go for a walk around my block. Then I have breakfast and I do my meditation and prayer 
And then I I walk into my office and I'm ready to go. Um, if you're a morning person, back that up a little bit. If you're not a morning person, slide that down a little bit. As business owners, we get to say my day starts at 10 or my day starts at 8. So set yourself up instead of by cultural norms, by the norms that you need. Such an empowering conversation and something we all need to remember We get to set our schedule. Always a great time talking with Hallie Brook, founder and CEO of Live Nourished Coaching. Hallie, thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. I enjoyed it. Pat, it was wonderful to be here. Thank you. We're moving from sleep to sales and how you can make more money. And this next conversation is for you if you're trying to sell your product and they're telling you it's too expensive. If that's the case, you're not selling on value. Michael Rampola is standing by And we're going to help change the way that you think about selling your products coming up next on this edition of The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey. So make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414-310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit Sidekick-Accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted Sidekick. Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. And to keep your business open, you got to sell some stuff. And if lately you're getting more no's than yeses, you may have a problem in your sales process. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Oh, well, the other guy's cheaper. I'm going to go with them. Or, you know what? I really don't like the guts of your proposal, so I'll do it for less. If you're not getting the yes at the level that you want, you need to hear this interview because our friend Michael Rampola is back with us to explain how to get a yes and convince someone to buy from you, not the other guy. He's a strategist and coach at Spirity. Michael, welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today, my friend? Thanks, Pat. Wonderful as always. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate getting a chance to talk to you again. Well, whenever I pick up the red phone, the smart guy bat phone, it goes to you. So I'm glad you're with us. Now, this problem of not being able to get the sale, it rings true for so many. So how would you help us get a yes at the price that we want? What we're describing, Pat, is something that I think every salesperson, if they're putting in enough time and effort, is going to run into at least once or twice, right? Um, and the reason that we're running into that problem, it has often nothing to do with the quality of our offer or the true value that we're providing, or whether or not we can really help. It's a mismatch of understanding. It's we're not actually talking the same language that our clients are talking, and neither of us even knows that that's what's happening. So not only is there a mismatch, we feel like it's a match, but we're, we're cross-tracking. We're talking past each other, and we never quite connect, which is why somebody's going to knock me down on price when I believe I've already sold the value, or why somebody's going to 
get into my process when in reality, that's not what they're buying. But I, I've missed something in my sales language or my sales conversation. And that's why I'm not actually getting the yes when even both sides would agree in a different conversation. This should be a yes. Everybody knows it should be a yes, but why is it not? And that's what we're trying to solve for. I can feel that in my bones. I know you need this service. I know you want this service. But when you frame it so simply as this is just a mismatch of understanding, oh, okay, that helps. So how do we help them understand what we're offering so that they'll say yes? Exactly. And you've heard the idea, right? A no, a no or an objection is just a request for more information. But sometimes it's not that obvious that that's really what they're asking for. But that's really what is being asked for. When somebody doesn't understand they're looking for more information, that's where the no comes from. So I'll give you a super quick example. Um, this is, I was in a coaching session with one of my clients and she says, I need, I need a website or I need to update my website. That's what it was. I need to update my website um, and, I, and I need to spend a couple thousand dollars to do it. She's using the language of need. But that's not actually what she needs. She, what she's talking to me about is something she's interested in, or something she's heard about, or something that's, that's piqued her curiosity, right? What she needs is what the website is supposed to do for her. So I started asking questions. I said, tell me why you think you need an update to your website. Well, because that's how, that's how people are supposed to find me. And that's, that's where I should be putting out my best brand. I said, okay, great. Let's talk about who's actually buying from you and why are they talking to you? And look, I'll jump to the end of the story. It's the 90 plus percent of her clients come from referrals from other clients and nobody is finding her via her website. And even those people aren't even looking at her website before she gets a chance to talk to them. So I said, what you need is not a website. You're interested in a website because somebody told you you need one, but your actual need is more leads. You need more leads. You're interested in a website. It's a possible solution, but that's not really solving your problem. And then I have to take her to the third piece is what is this going to do for you? What is the website designed to do for you? And then it's, well, it's, you know, I'm going to grow my revenue. I'm going to get more clients. Great. The way to get there is not actually via a website. The way to get there is to talk better about how you, how you capture and how you work with the referrals you get. Now let's talk about what that looks like. And now I'm over into the fourth part of the conversation, which is here's what I'm going to do to help you. Here's my solution. Here's the value of, of what this looks like. This is with a current coaching client, but I can't tell you, Pat, how many times somebody says, I need better marketing. I'm sure you've heard that once or twice. Um, oh yeah, sure. What they're saying is not actually, I want marketing or I need marketing, even though they use the language of need. That language is actually the language of interest. What is marketing going to do for you? That's the need. So what I'm doing is I'm verifying the need. Now I start asking questions. I'm digging. I'm doing root cause analysis. I'm asking why more times than somebody's comfortable with. And I'm getting from the, the top of their iceberg, if you will, down to the real root cause need. And now what I know your real need is, let me say, okay, what was, what is that marketing designed to do for you? Now I'm building from their interest the other way out to their vision of the future. So I'm clarifying their vision of the future and I'm getting down to their real need. And now I've really got the ends of their story. I've got the beginning and the end. The end. They came, they started in the middle. Uh, I don't know if you know people who start in the middle of stories, but <laughs> clients and prospects do this without even meaning to do it. They're starting in the middle. And if we jump in the middle with them, no wonder we're missing. Because we don't know where they came from. We don't know where they're going. We're just trying to get caught up in the movie. And now we're that kid. And nobody likes to be that kid. We're talking with Michael Rampola, strategist and coach at Spirity, about how to get yeses out of your clients more frequently when you're trying to close the sale. And I like what you were saying there. We're starting in the middle. 
boiling down to their true need and then casting a vision for the future, it sounds like what we're doing incorrectly is that we're not having great sales conversations to lead them to the yes. So if someone was starting more often in the middle than they should be, give us those precise steps to get to the need and connect it to the future because I know you well, I know you're going to walk us through it. Absolutely. So, so here's the framework that I'm building in my mind when I'm talking with a client. They are telling me what they're interested in. Again, they're going to use the language of need, but I have to validate that. I have to tell them, I understand what I, I need more marketing. I understand why you need more marketing. Lots of clients are looking for more marketing. I'm validating their interest, telling them they're right to be looking for or asking for that thing. If I, if I start saying like uh, uh, improv, I don't want to say no right away. I actually want to say yes with them. Like, yes, I understand. Yes. And yes. And what is that marketing going to be able to do for you? Now I'm clarifying their vision of the future. I might go the other way. It kind of depends on where you're at. You have to do both. You have to clarify their vision of the future, build out forward. You also have to verify the real need by digging in, asking questions and getting root cause. So whichever way, and you sometimes push on both ends, but you keep pushing until you basically push the ends out as far as you possibly can. And now I've got the full structure of what I'm talking about. And now I work from those ends when I do the fourth part, which is offer the value. I'm selling on the value. So you are here. And you want to get there. What would it be worth to you to be able to get from here to there? How long would it take you to do that on your own? Would it be valuable if you could actually do that faster or more efficiently, more with more confidence, with greater um, accuracy or likelihood? And now that value is what I'm selling on. Because the gap from here to there, once I fully build it out, is often a lot bigger. And it's also going to really help them meet their real need and get to that vision of the future. And now we're having a conversation about the value and not the price. You're making people money right now in real time. And I want to add one more piece of color to this because I think when people get to that part of the conversation, they go for the close by offering all of their features, not pumping up the emotions. So how do we add all of those really awesome emotions that make someone scream yes and drive home playing their favorite song rather than counting the beans and worrying about the price? Great question. That's when you get into the look and feel and the emotion of what is it like? What is your day-to-day look and feel like right now where you are? What is it going to be like when you get to that future? How is your day going to be different? And in the language, if I've had a good conversation with them, I have picked up on the trends, right? That they, that are telling me what is really important to them. It might not really be the money and oftentimes it's not. So when I understand what that future is really, why that's a valuable future to them, now I'm going to sell them on that outcome. I remember a conversation with somebody who's a current coaching client of mine, been a client for years. What I sold him was not coaching. What I sold him was his cabin in Tennessee, which is his future retirement home. He hasn't bought it yet. He doesn't know where he's going to get it, but that's what he's aiming for. So when I said, here's what we do, and what we do is we help you get there faster. I'm selling him the cabin and, and the feeling of being retired in Tennessee, not we meet twice a month for coaching and it looks like this and, and the, you know. As I, I like to say, it's the sausage is delicious. If you believe that, you don't care how it gets made, right? Nobody <laughs> buys the process. They buy the outcome. Nobody buys coaching, really. They buy what coaching does for them. Nobody buys marketing. They buy better clients, better revenue. Nobody buys your product or service for what it is. They buy it for what it does for them. And that's the value to them. And that's when you can sell on that, you're having a totally different conversation. How frequently have you sat there thinking, what else do I need to offer this person to get them to say yes? 
It's not about offering more. It's about having better conversations, and that can move them away from the price and towards the value. Michael Rampola, strategist and coach from Spirity. Always great to have you on the Pat Miller Show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Pat. Okay, quick. Look at the calendar. It's December, right? Time is ticking before the year ends. I hope, I hope you're going to take some time and unwind because the perfect time to reset, rest, and prepare for 2024 is between Christmas and New Year's. If you're not already planning for taking some time off, you're behind. I've got four things that you need to do to get your small business ready for time off over the holidays. How you're going to think about it, how you're going to communicate with your team and your clients, and most importantly, how you're going to unplug and recharge over that break. This is a super important segment. And if you're not planning to take time off, give me a few minutes to try and change your mind, will you? We will go through the four-step process for getting ready for vacation time coming up next on this edition of The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. You're an expert in your own field, so why not get paid for it? Hey there, it's Wendy Babcock. My VIP paid speaker program is just the ticket you need to convert your knowledge into real income. No matter what size group you're speaking to, or if you don't have any products, books, or programs to sell, even if you're not a celebrity or a household name, from crafting your talk to finding and booking paid speaking gigs, get it all with Wendy's VIP paid speaker program. Keynote speakers can make anywhere from 2500 to 7500 bucks a talk. Together, we'll not only amp up your speaking game, you'll discover the ins and outs of finding and booking those lucrative gigs and get paid every time you step on stage. Right now, get 90 days of full access to the Paid Speaker Vault and a direct line to Wendy, plus a bonus, an immersive three-hour VIP day with Wendy to create your online profiles that event hosts simply can't resist. Don't wait. Sign up now at VIPPaidSpeaker.com. VIPPaidSpeaker.com. Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show, America's Small Business Conversation. What is it? Early December? Early December. First of all, how did it get to be early December? Wasn't it just like Halloween 10 seconds ago? I could swear the NFL season was getting ready to kick off like Tuesday. No. (laughs) It's early December. So we got to look into the end of the year, and if you're like me, the end of the year means a chance to take just a little bit of a break. If you're a service provider, if you're not a retail location, you are going to try and take some time off in between Christmas and New Year's, right? I'm begging you to do so. Even if it's just a couple of days, I'm begging you to do so. And if you're saying to yourself, Pat, I can't take time off. I've got too many things going on. Ha Let's talk about that. I got four different things you need to think about, four different stages to get you ready to take time off. And if taking a couple of days off sounds good, listen up, boys and girls. Let's go through this. We're about a month out, right? Not really three weeks, but let's just say it's a month out. It's time to address the big rocks of taking a vacation. The very first thing you do is you go into your calendar and you block off the days that you're going to be gone. 
Why do we do that first? That way no one can schedule any of the time in there. And from the moment you do that, you know that those times are protected. Very first thing, block off your calendar. The second big rock, your most important clients. Before you even wake them up and tell them that you're taking time off, evaluate their account, evaluate the work you're doing for them, and think, what needs to be done for my most important clients before I go on this vacation? Odds are there's a project or two or a summary you have to write or whatever it is, there's work that needs to get done before you take time off. Then you contact your major clients and say, hey, major client, I've got a vacation coming up from X to Y. Now, before you think about that and think, I can't say that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Everyone deserves vacation and no rational major client will give you noise about doing it. Let them know that you're on top of everything for their account and let them know if they have any questions. Then the third big rock to get ready, staffing in your team. If you have a staff and if you have a team, let them know in the exact same way that you let a major client know. Hey fam, I'm going on vacation. What do you need? And start game planning about all that work. So the first big rock is really notification and retaining your time. Block your calendar, talk with your clients, talk with your staff. The second one, your product. I like to think about it this way. What is the busy work that I need to do before I can go? And what are the deep thoughts I need to have when I return? Because between now and your vacation, let's say it's three weeks, You could do a lot of deep thought and really think about all the stuff you'll do when you get back. But I find that before I take a vacation, I'm not really as sharp as I am when I get back. So I prefer to focus on the busy work and the doing of things before I leave and then set an agenda of all the deep thoughts I need to have when I get back. So that way, let's say I've got five things on the agenda and three of them are deep thoughts. I'll reschedule those for when I get back and I'll focus on all of the little detail work that needs to get done to make sure that everything runs without a hitch while I'm gone. And then something magic happens. When you get back from that vacation, you've got perspective and you're usually more relaxed. And let's be real, if you're like me, you're kind of thinking about everything in the background the whole time anyway, so you've kind of got a running start for those deep thoughts while you're on vacation. So step one, notify everyone and protect your time. Step two, define the busy work that needs to get done before you can go and define the deep thoughts you need to have when you get back. Number three. Of the four things you need to do to prepare for your time off at the end of the month, which I hope you're taking. Get your money right. Get your invoices out. Check on your receivables. Who hasn't paid you that should? Think about the payments you need to make. Is your rent caught up? Did you pay the company credit card? What about that supplier you forgot to pay? If you're going to be out of the office, make sure your money is right because there's nothing worse than coming back to your email after four or five days off and realizing, ah, I forgot the payment or 
wait, that person was supposed to pay me and they didn't. A little bit of busy work up front. Couple of transactions inside your QuickBooks and you can make sure that your money is right so you can properly leave the business and rest. And then let's talk about the fourth part of preparing for time off. The last minute to-dos. You've got your tasks. We talked about your tasks. All the busy work that needs to get done. But when you go through your task list, not all the busy work needs to happen. You can take some of the stuff and say, you know what, I'll deal with that when I get back. And start scheduling the tasks for when you get back. The other thing that I like to do, and I know this is dumb and you hear people do this on their vacations and stuff, but I like to deep clean the office. Like one of the things I like to do before I leave, dust, 409 the desktop, clean out the you know downloads inside the computer, make sure everything is a nice, pleasant place because you won't want to come back anyway. But if you come back to everything in ship shape, <laughs> I know that's psychological, it just makes it a little bit easier. So get your tasks set up and then clean the office. And the last two things, prepare your phone. Prepare your phone. It is not much a vacation if you have in your hand your Gmail. It's not much of a vacation if you've got your LinkedIn account pulled up every other hour or your Meta account that's getting messages from customers or clients. Get your phone ready. Get your email off of there. Get your LinkedIn off of there and get yourself ready for some free brain space because you deserve some free brain space. Once you do all of that, you're ready to be off. And that's the hardest part to really be off. Read something, move more than usual, go someplace new. Don't think about your business. What's the point of taking vacation if you don't vacate? These four tips should help you get ready to take that glorious vacation that I know you're going to take at the end of the month. Right? Right? Good. That does it for this edition of The Pat Miller Show. I'm Pat Miller, founder of The Idea Collective, wishing you a happy vacation. We'll be right here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to The Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for The Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on The Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.